Hello, Keys bartenders, listeners. This is Jim coming to you from the Flor- the wet Florida Keys. Wet and wild. Yes, I I'm a little far from the mic. I better sit down here. How are you today? We are. I was going to say well into 2022, but I can't imagine five days is not well into 2022. Let me get my mic set up here perfectly. I don't want to get too much reverb. I'm alone in the house. It's a rainy day here. I'm getting ready to go to work. And all I can think about is the previous night. I normally do not work on a Tuesday night. So I worked on Trivia Night. And the nice thing about Trivia Night is, I guess, I don't know, Trivia. And I really enjoy it. There's a, the guy that does is Sean. He's a former bartender there, but he bartends in another local place. He's very good at running, very entertaining Trivia uh, Night. And Tuesdays, I guess, are good ones. And I get to play on the teams on teams that are under manned when I'm bartending. So that is enjoyable and that gets kind of busy and that's pretty much it about this trivia thing. It's always the same people. They have their own teams. You get some people to come and visit. Here's a trivia night to bring their own team in. But I guess for trivia, there's nuances to the questions and the way they ask the questions that lead you to the answer sometimes. So you got to look at the question. It's not just on the surface. You ever get, not just trivia thing, when you get a question from somebody and you're not, oh, this is paused, isn't it? I am live and this is paused. Stop two minutes. Nope, it's still going. Sorry about that. So you had think of the nuance of the question. What the background in question? What are they really asking? Let me move my mic a little. I'm going to point it towards me. What are they really asking? So one of the questions, you got to really dissect it. He was asking about a true life gangster Jack Nicholson played. Now, that was easy for me because they think of Jack Nicholson uh, as, as as soon as I saw Jack Nicholson playing a gangster, I just thought, based loosely based on this character, I just thought Whitey Bulger, the the guy that led the Irish mob in Boston, who until several years ago was on the lam loose. But the clues in it were, if I remember, feel the vibrations guy. He was in a movie with the feel the vibrations guy and Emilio's father which was Mark Wahlberg and Martin Sheen, who actually, when they played their parts, they played their parts together. So it's The Departed, and The Departed was Whitey Bulger. That's the nuance of questions. But it almost happens to anything else when the context of someone's question that they're asking. If your wife asks you a question, like when anybody else, what did you do last night? What did you do last night? They didn't see you yesterday. You were off last night. What did you do? Where'd you go? Did you do anything? Did you go out? Go out for a drink? Did you go to movies? Did you stay in? But someone else asked you the question, like your girlfriend or boyfriend, what'd you do last night? 
that could be more loaded, the question. There's more nuances to it. So I'm always kind of thinking about the question, not just the literal question, about what lies beneath the question. And one of the things last night that lead me to question is, how do you treat people, and this is a question in my head, how shall we treat people that linger? The lingerers. That's the title of the show, The Lingerers. Some people saw that, may see that title and say, Jim, you, mil- you misspelled lingerie. And why the hell would I talk? Why would you talk about lingerie on an audio thing? Lingerie is more of a video or a visual thing. If I was, if a guy was going to do it, there were, I mean, unless they're doing specific kink podcast, which I don't have a problem with. You know, there's takes all kinds. Um, I can't imagine being a guy talking about lingerie other than how much I like lingerie, blah, blah, blah. And I like when they get out of the lingerie. Yeah, that's probably pretty much it. But I'm talking about lingerers. People who hang out after the restaurant's closed and after all the drinks are served, after they eat food, after the check's been paid for and they just hang out. Maybe 45 minutes, maybe an hour after it's over. And down here to be, you know, to think about it. Yeah, there's people coming down there. They're meeting up with people, friends, and they only have hotel rooms and things like that. So they really can't hang. Except the restaurant. You got all the tables and able to seat. You have the number required number of seats that you need to talk to another group of people. So we had nine people. They were outside. We were able to clean the inside up. But they were still hanging out outside. But we, we, we really couldn't leave them there. I would have left them there. I want to turn the lights out and say, hey, listen, we're going to lock up. Um, we're going to leave you here. You know? Be careful. Uh, just look out for... Any heroin addicts that are walking by. Not that there's tons of them, but every so often you have a a stray heroin addict or someone drunk walking down the road. And they may think that we're still open with you out back here. So, and don't give them anything. Yeah. So, but with lingerers, you're always thinking about if they're at the bar or at the table. How do you get rid of them? How do you get rid of the lingerers? I think about it. All the time. And I I always say after a while, after 45 minutes, after the check's been paid for, and when the kitchen staff, you figure, cue the dishwasher leaving and the chef and just the people that are cleaning up, we send our busser home and the wait staff and the bartender, they hang out. Which I think is appropriate. You know, more, more money, more responsibility. No problems. So I don't have a problem with that. But it made me think when they, it makes me think when the people are hanging out, it makes me think of this old, old adage attributed and actually directly attributed because it probably was in the poor Richard's almanac, Benjamin Franklin. It says house guests and fish begin to smell after three days. 
meaning that you get tired of your house guests and people that hang out too long. Now, considering that over 200, and this was probably written over 250 years ago, prior to refrigeration, about 100, 120 years prior to refrigeration, maybe 110 years, I imagine it takes a lot less, unless it's like winter time, for fish to start stinking. Like in the summertime, if you had fish sitting out for 12 hours, it would start to stink. So they probably, maybe they modified it. Maybe originally saying, you know, you have a house guest. You're welcome to stay over, but in 12 hours, that's it. You're out of here. I think he moderated that. Like normally people would, and I guess in the old days, it takes so long for you to get to someone's house when you're, think about it, 20, 30 miles away. That's a day. That's not like I'm running down 20 miles. I'm going to go and visit my cousin and I'm going to come back. No. You get you go in there like four or five miles, and six miles an hour at a slow trot. It's taking you four or five hours to get there. You go and visit, visit with them. It's two o'clock. You, it's, it's six o'clock. It's already dark. You're not going to head home. You're going to stay. And there must be a time where people say, well, I'm just going to hang out another day. Because it's so hard. It's raining today. I don't want to ride my horse. So I can imagine that would be a thing how that would stretch out your your stay. Say, boy, they just came over for some coffee and whatever other shit we ate in colonial times. And they're here for three days or two days or overnight because of fish. I mean, I can't imagine fish. I would say, he couldn't say, house guests after 12 hours but that's in I mean fish will you know unrefrigerated fish really start stinking in a couple hours just rotting flesh boy does that is that appetizing so we have guests that come in and you you know up until closing time they were your best friend they tip you they're nice you get along great hopefully they get along great if you have someone you're not getting along with and they're hanging out. That's just worse. And you're you're looking at them and saying, listen, we really can't leave until you leave. It's not like work around us. It's not like we're going to leave you there. You know, here's the keys. Lock the door behind you. That ain't going to fucking happen. You got to go. So there's all sorts of things that people go up to say to people and I think I'm one of the most diplomatic and say, hey, listen, hi, folks, we're, uh, we need to close, we would like to close up so we can go home to our families. Uh, if you could please say goodbyes in, in, the, in the parking lot at the car. You can hang out and talk there too. And people say, well, we like to hang here for a little longer. And it's like, well, we're going to be closing soon. So we do appreciate your your patronage and i think we did give you an extra 45 minutes after everything so um so and you leave it open ended and every so often people can get if they were have the propensity or the inclination they may get rude or they may go oh you're right i didn't consider that you might want to go home after you're done working they don't I can understand that. They don't think about that. 
And it's not that they're thoughtless. Because it's not a big thought. It's a small thought. When I say small thought, you know, you're just thinking, oh, people hanging out. This is a place to work. They like to hang out. They can have a drink. They do whatever they do after work. They must think that we really love it there because they don't mind. Think of yourself having a house party. Right? I had a lot of house parties when I was uh, single. And you'd have a lot of people over. And as the time goes on, the closer people are still with you. And usually the people you're loosely affiliated with are leaving. But under bad situations, under bad, under the most undesirable situations, the people you're close with leave and you're left with a bunch of people you're not really familiar with. Now, if you're fortunate when I was single, if there, someone's hanging out, if it's a girl, usually it means that they want to hang out a little longer. You know what I mean? That they may want to express their gratitude in a more tangible way. In a more tangible, tangible physical way. If there's other people you're not interested in, you may have to start assigning jobs. and go, oh, I would go to them and say, hey, thanks a lot, gang. Uh, the people, normally what happens at these parties is that the people that hang out later, they help me clean up. And I do appreciate that. And you hand the, you, you get sweeping. You're on trash duty. You're mopping up. You got the bathroom. Right? And you're on vomit duty. Thank you. So... That clears it out, too. You just tell them and say, hey, listen, we're having a cleanup party afterwards. If you, um, you tell people that you hopefully they're lazy. There's some people that have nothing to do, so they would, be, they would jump at the chance to clean up. So you got to be really careful about that. Or you can do the, the fire drill. You say, hey, listen, there's a bomb scare. Everyone has to go. There's a fire. Everyone has to go. At one party I went to at these big loft apartments, uh, they there was over a hundred people, maybe 125 in this big loft, and they had a bar in there. And this person unloaded a can of pepper spray. I'm assuming it's a woman, but they unloaded pepper spray. Everyone started coughing, and it cleared the place out. And that was the end of the party. I don't know if it was a person who had the party. That would be an, I mean, crazy idea. I was going to say, in certain circumstances, if you need to empty out a room in five minutes, it kind of makes sense. But if you do 120 people with pepper spray and people are choking and some people have bad reaction, you may end up with an unwanted call from the peace officers. So I'd be really careful about that. Or you can do the soft thing with the music up or music off, lights up or down. And it's an exclamation point for people. And they say, oh, well, this must be the end of the party. And the music lights up, down, blah, blah, blah. Now you know it's ready to read. And then you start bringing out the cleaning supplies. Whoa. That's, or, you know, just think about it. We've always done that at the end of parties. If you want to put it, you can, some people say, well, we let it organically die. Some people have parties, they start at 7 and end promptly at 9. You ever been invited to one of those work parties? We're going to be having a party in the, in the break room. It's going to go from 7 to 7.45. Or, let's say, 4 to 4.45. I'm like, holy shit, why even go? You know there's not going to be any booze or anything. 
Um, but they always have an ending. It's lights or things saying people get, the boss gives a speech. And if you care about your job, you're not like Ant- Antonio Brown. Just take it. I'm out of here. See you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Particularly fuck you. You know, you could do all that stuff. I'm talking as a guest. But as the host, you can just say, I'd like to thank everyone for coming. And I'll see you next, whatever, next party. Carol Burnett had a show. She was a, a female comedian. And she used to, right at the end, she would sing a song. Wasn't I didn't think it was a particularly great song. It says, so, it would begin, it's so nice we had this time together. That would be so great. Just give me a microphone at the end of the night, 20 minutes after the kitchen closes. And then I show up with a microphone and say, it's so nice that we had this time together. And people are just looking at me. Why is he doing If I did it, well, you do it for a year. People say, oh, well, every night when you're, you're asked to leave, this is what the guy does. Or, but if you do it once, you know, and you bring out the microphone, people really remember that. You got to be really creative to, to make it memorable. And you can make things memorable. When I... Some people are very bad at saying goodnight. You know, they're tired. They're low energy. They don't really have... They they give zero fucks anymore about what someone's sensibilities are. So that person you don't necessarily want to send to the table. You could have... One of your, you know, if if it's really, if you have a lot of people left over, you can send some of the messy ones over to sit with the people that are not so messy. When I say messy ones, you know, drunken people, obnoxious people. I say, hey, I'm going to send this person over to that table. And luckily they won't, they won't kick his ass. But this person will do it. You know, you could do it. Your fart bombs, your drunken friend insertion, that's a good technique. Oh, be really creative. You could start like covering everything with black fabric, draw a pentagram on the ground, put your put your black cloak on, your your um you know, your saint medallion on and say and do do your rosemary baby Satan ceremony. C- ceremony church setup. Uh, oh, another one you could just start setting up. Hey, listen, since you're here, the be- the one I would really want to do is when there's a table left over and there's a group of people. Since you're here, I want to introduce you to a unique opportunity for you to earn extra income. Becoming part of my team. Some people call it multi-level marketing. I call it Multi-level success. And here's the secret. And you go into it and, oh man, you know what? Sometimes you may have to really sell it. Maybe once or twice you have to say, you have to sacrifice an hour and a half and just keep it there. So the people say, hey, listen, if you're not careful, he will put on a PowerPoint display for an Amway distributorship. I think I could say Amway because I won't get in trouble. I don't know. It's damn way it still exists or some health food thing 
which I have people that come in and every so often go, oh, this product's excellent. You'd be great as a representative of blah, 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 blah. And I try to explain to people sometimes when I get the pitch and then people say, I understand since I know a lot of people, you think I'd be able to sell it, stuff like that. But the reason I have, I know a lot of, and friendly for a lot of people, besides me giving them intoxicants on a regular basis, is I don't try to sell them anything. I got to remember, I am going to be selling something, not to you guys. Not to you guys. I'm not going to do it. Um, but if you have heard, if you ever use that, uh, there's another one that you hear in the bar industry. Ladies and gentlemen, it's closing time. If you're not, uh, you don't work here or fucking someone who is, it's time to leave. That's a little cruder. You got to be strategically roll that out because, you know, some people would like to be getting to know someone biblically, but that person who works there does not want to know that person biblically. So you don't you don't need you don't need to do that. So that leads me to the next bartender etiquette etiquette. And this sounds like a bitch session, but it doesn't happen a lot for me. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that from the get go. But I can see it being a problem. I can see it being a problem that when you have a bar that's open more than like 10 hours, you normally break it into shifts. Got like an afternoon and an evening. And not so much rarely, I mean, some places, I guess like Las Vegas and places where there's 24 hours you could be open, you can have a lot of that. Well, you can have it going on around the clock. So there's no particular particular person coming into the bar who isn't following someone else. The drunk patron who got drunk at the previous bar, with the previous bar being the new the old bartender. When you show up to do your shift and there's a person left over from it. It's like coming home, let's say a parent, and you're coming home and there's drunk kids in your house. I mean, there's a whole sort of legal problems right there, but you don't want to come into that. You don't need that. You came home, you came into work, like at the bar, you come into work, you come home, you come home the rest, but your intention is not to take care of someone else's intoxicated patron. And that person may have not gotten intoxicated there, but they may have stayed intoxicated there. The etiquette for me, if you got them drunk, you're responsible for seeing how they're going to leave. I've driven them home. I said, listen, Okay, get in the car. Here's a bag for you. You know, if they really get crazy, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I'd have to put them in like on plastic covers and then plastic line the inside of the car. Give them a vomit bag. I had that happen years ago when 
at a Christmas party for GMAC, General Motors uh, Credit Corporation. Right? They were having a Christmas party in Philadelphia. And I was working the door. I was in, I wear a tuxedo and I sell wedding packages and stuff like that. But when in between parties, but at the end of the night, I see people off, make sure they're not too drunk and make sure they're gone. And there was one girl that was left behind. Yeah. In some situations, that would be, some people may see that back in the 80s as a boon. I did not see that as a boon. I did not appreciate, I, I never had this thing about drunk girls. I need them to be really present. I didn't, this, this girl was toasted, wrecked. So I'm driving her to the hotel, the Sheridan, which was like three miles away, in my car. And we almost get there. Oh, oh, we we do get there. And as I open the door, she gets it. And she doesn't get in between the doors. She gets on the door. And she pukes on my door. Luckily, it was vinyl interior. The door was vinyl. (laughs) So I eventually got the smell out. But it took a while. But she puked all over my door. So I helped her in to the hotel. I put her in a chair at the guest check thing and said, listen, I work at a place. She's staying here. I don't know what her hotel room. I cannot get. I, I cannot get information out of her. I would not be comfortable walking her up to her room either way if anything were to happen. Do you know where there's other members of her company? And they said, oh, they're in the bar. And I went in there and I, I, I asked, I said, do you know her? Do you know her? Do you know her? Do you know her? And eventually someone knew her. I said, you get her. And then um, she wasn't a bad looking girl, but you know, she was drunk. So when I was leaving, I, I did something particularly mean spirited and I feel really bad about it. I went to the front desk and I said, listen, that person has to get up early in the morning. Could you make sure, when is your room service of uh, 6 a.m. Could you make sure that she gets a pot, uh, make sure she's awake and has a pot of coffee at 6 a.m. And here I left them money and here's a tip for the person. Now I don't know what happened. I thought that was mean-spirited, but I, I was feeling viscerally angry about someone puking on my door. And I don't do things like that anymore. That, that 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 was bad energy and that to this day I'm not proud of it but I just want to be truthful so but when you leave someone behind if they got drunk on your shift you're gonna to have to figure out what what they're gonna do with you know are you gonna drive them home you're gonna send them with someone else that's great I do not want to deal with it uh, you should not have to deal with it you know, and you should, you can't just throw them out. You know, you could get, maybe you can have like a system where you say, here's a burlap bag. What you do is you put it on top of it and you have an Uber uh, scan card on the front with a $20 credit. And usually people that get something like that are within a $20 credit ride of where they're staying. Because people that get that Wreck do not need to go too far to get that way. 
people usually don't go 60 miles away from their home to get drunk and then try to make their way back. They try to stay as close as possible. So yeah, you get the burlap bag, has their address on it, throw it over their head and they say, listen, if you get sick, they get sick inside the bag, but they still can breathe because it's burlap and it's roomy and breathing. Okay, back to the house guest. <clears throat> and we wrap up today. It reminds me, I had a friend come and visit me when I lived in <clears throat> a apartment uh, not far from here. And the friend was staying with me. They were coming. They came down from Philadelphia. It was it was a female. Was a just a friend. wasn't physical. wasn't staying with me. wasn't We weren't sleeping together. Just an acquaintance. And said so they could stay there. And while I'm at work, I get a phone, a frantic phone call, which I'm not able to pick up. Then I get text and it says, "There is a lizard in the house." <clears throat> And right away, I knew it was a gecko or something along the lines or a tegu lizard or something like that. <clears throat> and she told me that uh, in the text, and she said, oh, well, tell me about it. I just, I put in a text, tell me about it. And she goes, and she says something. And I said, and she sends it back. She says, it has a red and green tail. It has a red stripe on its tail. And I ignored the text and I said, oh, when you tell me about it, just tell me the coloring on the tail. Watch out if it has a red stripe. So I acted like I didn't hear that she said red stripe or text that she was a red stripe. She goes, what's the red stripe? I said, oh, well, they are poisonous. They are fast. They're dangerous. Um, you could go into anaphylactic shock, which may be true, maybe not. So I didn't think. And watch out, because if it's a little one, which most of them were little, I knew that. If it's a little one, which is anywhere from like five inches to six, you know, eight inches or smaller, there's probably the mother lurking around, which is much larger, faster, and deadlier. And then you'll hear a weird sound. Gecko, gecko. And that's a gecko sound. And that was always happening at night. And when you hear that, you're 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 definitely hearing the mother and they're they're communicating and they're gonna try to get in. Don't let them in. That was all in the text. So uh, it was about an hour and 10 minutes before I came from work. I got a couple more texts. I didn't choose. I, I wanted to get ready to finish up and get home and eat. And when I get home, I find the person locked in my room um, under the comforter with a flashlight. And that person was terrified. I did not, I meant that as a lighthearted joke. But as it turns out, that person had a fear of snakes and lizards, a deep-seated fear of snakes and lizards. And I think to this day, that person has, I think they wish me some happy holidays and when I had my operation and something like that. But I don't think, I don't think I ever really, they, they totally totally think I'm an asshole for doing it. Thought it was cruel and stuff like that. And I didn't know how deep-seated their fear was of it. 
But in retrospect, and at the time, I thought it was very funny. I know. It's, I, who am I? And getting to that before I wrap up, who do you allow to call you an asshole? In any public setting, we have people that are close to us and people not so close to us. I have always had difficulty when people get overly familiar with you when they don't know you. It, for some reason, it feels as if they're trying to debase you when they talk to you by getting overly familiar with changing your name. I know I spoke about this a couple of days ago, but changing your name or how they speak to you or how they summon you or attempt to summon you. There's no, I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you can combat, and I do mean combat, people that try to do those things, play the head games. And some of them are just by ignoring the person, showing them uh, no consideration, meaning you're not, they don't even come to the level of a qualified customer. When you come up, you always, you talk to the other person. If they're with another person, you talk to them. Are you all right? Is everything good with you? And the person said, well, they don't, uh, they're not paying bombs. Oh, I don't really care. You're sitting at, I mean, I never, I don't get it as much. I realize at the bar, I never really understand when you get those people that they're, they're supremely confident that their level of, assholeness will allow them to be able to sit at the bar and not deal with any of the consequences that will embarrass them. But you can find a way. If someone's seeking to gain attention by being rude to you, you can just kind of ignore them. You can ignore them because they that's the worst thing. They want. A narcissist does not want to be ignored. To treat them as if they're nobody. If a very... Oh my God, I've had so many beautiful women not get angry when you do not pay them the amount of attention they expect to get. They expect to get. Or their added thing. Because, you know, here's an older guy. Well, he must be gay. He must be gay. No. No, I realize for some reason, first of all, you know, you can say, play the lip service as I am in a relationship. I'm married. I'm not doing that. But you can still be friendly with someone. You can be friendly. Friendly is not always flirting. Not to be friendly. I've been friendly with many a beautiful woman. They smile and they're friendly and they're not asking for anything too much. And they're not trying to use that dark psychology on me. Because you get those narcissists that come in and they just want to, I just need, I just need you to focus on me. This is how I get things done for me. I'll do this and this. And they micromanage your order. And I said, oh, okay, hold on, hold on a second. I'll talk and I'll, I'll, I'll take it and I'll go, oh, okay, got it, got it. And then I'll show, particularly 
what you do around those people is you show particular attention to the people that aren't as pretty as them, not as young as them, not as fit as they are. Build up those people around them they think they're so much better than that they're left to think, well, why? what is wrong with me? I mean, if you're, if you're in that much need for attention, you just got to be careful where, you, where you're going at, where you choose to draw that out. If you have another person who's kind of facile and they're going to say, well, anytime a beautiful girl comes in, I'm going to be focusing on them. There's a lot of desperate guys out there and girls. Desperate guys and girls, they'll be happy to focus attention on that person, uh, not necessarily at the bar I am. I'm more looking into, I'm like the Shallow Hal guy after Tony Robbins. If you ever seen the movie Shallow Hal, after Tony Robbins, hypnotize them and tell them to say, you're going to just look, you're going to see the inner beauty in someone. You're going to see, I try, I try, I try. I appreciate the outer beauty. I do appreciate the outer beauty. But when I'm looking at someone, I look in their eyes. I look, I try to, some people I don't like to look in their eyes. Because it's just empty. It's just empty and you just don't see anything. There's nothing staring back at you. But there's some people that are, you know, they've just been beaten by life and stuff like that. And they're just the little child that they, frightened, sad child. And you look at them and they just want to be cheered for a moment. I say, well, I am there for you, bro or sis. I am there for you. And there's other people that just say, no, I just want to have a little more attention paid to me. Build me up a little more. I, I just don't, I just don't see that coming back. Some people are very good, you know, you know, you have those borderline sociopathic, psychopathic people, but, and they're not the ones that necessarily, and they can play all sorts of head games with you. They're going to be the ones that stay late, that do this, try to bribe you, try to tell you people you've heard before. People say, we are very good tippers. When anybody says we are very good tippers, there's a very good chance they're not very good tippers. When someone says, I appreciate what you do, I I used to do this job and this and that, and I'm very appreciative. Yeah, that that's the right language. But the, when someone says, I am very generous, sometimes I'm not very generous. Like someone, I'm a great lover. No, you're not. You got to hear that from the person that you're with, not the person that's doing it. Well, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. I am targeting a million downloads this year. Why not 10 million? Keep on downloading, guys. I appreciate it. Philadelphia, Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, Bahia, Mississippi, uh, Taipei, Taiwan, India, Canada, Germany, Ukraine, Hungary, France, United Kingdom. Did I say Germany? Germany. Poland. Canada, Australia, no Ireland. That's that saddens me sometimes. Not too much. I mean, I'm still Irish descent. I don't get it, but uh, not that 
Ireland wouldn't love me or anything like that. I don't get it that there's not one or two people in Ireland. What is it? Did I say something? Did I piss you off? Is it my name? Is there some... Maybe there's a renegade priest, Jim Horan. I think it's his father, James Horan. And I, I think a defrocked priest and an Irish guy. And he always did some crazy shit at big events, like getting naked, running, and all that stuff, like streaking. Streaking was a big thing 50 years ago, but I, I don't get it. Uh, this guy was doing this like 20, 30 years ago. So I'm not going to be doing that. Plus, why streaking? I'm a podcast person. It's an auditory thing. Streaking does, would not increase my listenership. Maybe it would. Maybe I just recorded and say, here, here's a, put up a, a recorder and said, here is a recording of me streaking through the Applebee's. Here is a recording of me going through the Dairy Queen naked. Here is a recording of me going to the Bethany Baptist Church service naked. Or the Moscovitz Bar Mitzvah. I mean, I mean, it could be something because they say, oh, I just play sound bites of me streaking through different venues. And then after a while, I'll say, oh, well, it must be cold in there. Look at that guy. Well, that's it. I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, please share and download as much as you can. And I'll talk to you later.